0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Keith Ferry, who is the president and CEO of Wayfinders out of Springfield, Massachusetts. Hi, Keith. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited. Um, So, Keith, you work for Wayfinders, and for people who don't know what Wayfinders is, can you tell us a little bit about what what it is and what you do?
2: Sure. Wayfinders is an affordable housing and community development organization that serves Western Massachusetts. We work across the housing continuum. Working on issues like homelessness and and everything across to uh, providing housing, uh, both permanent housing solutions, rental vouchers, and we even work with people to become homeowners. So we really um, provide people with a variety of supports, both financial, counseling, and otherwise, uh, to create greater housing stability and economic mobility here in western mass
1: and have you always been in springfield
2: i haven't uh i moved to uh western massachusetts oh it's about nine years ago now from uh the new york area i'm a new york guy i'm um, born and raised and um and uh was looking for a change of scenery for my, my family and i
1: are you missing it a little bit not a bit no,
2: no, no, we don't we ne- we <laughs> never talk about going back, no uh that's not my my son uh is uh was five when we moved he's uh he'll be fourteen this year this uh this June, and uh he considers himself a country boy
1: that's great, and you
2: um, I will not um root for the patriots. <laughs> Or any team from Massachusetts. I'm um, I'm still from New York.
1: Okay, good. it's good to know. Um, and you picked a good time to move pre-pandemic. Um, we did. Yes, yeah. we
2: were. Yes, we were all we were pre-pandemic movers. We were um, looking again for that change of scenery, uh, a place that was its own thing. Yeah. Um, not in a bubble of uh, you know Greater Boston or New York, um, and that had um, lots of options and opportunity both to be out be outdoors, and also cultural opportunities, and uh, that's what we like to do, and that's what we found.
1: And so, did you move here for the job at Wayfinders, or did Wayfinders find you after you had been here for a
2: little while? No, the the, the uh, I moved with my job. I was working nationally for an uh, organization called Enterprise Community Partners, uh, which works on affordable housing and community development um, in cities and regions ac- across the country, and and I, I had a very mobile job. I was basically um, living here, but I was on a plane mm, three to four times a month. Uh, the people I knew best were the uh, parking lot attendants at Bradley Airport.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully they were good people.
2: To yeah, know. they yeah. were, they were, and they were They were good. <laughs> but We had a five-year plan, was to kind of, if we liked it, uh, to, and within five years to transition uh, to a local job, and I had, um, Heard of Wayfinders, uh, actually a colleague of mine at my old organization um, uh, made me aware of the organization and I, I noted that the, my predecessor looked like he had been a bit long in the tooth and he was there for, uh, he, when he retired he had been there for 29 and a half years. Wow. And so um, so I was paying attention to, the, to them pretty closely and uh, four and a half years into our five year plan, um, he announced his retirement, and I threw my hat in the ring to, uh, to be the CEO, and I was uh, successful in that, so I was, I'm very happy about that.
1: And that was almost four years
2: ago. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I started in jo- July of uh, 2020. So it's uh, uh, a unique time to start a new job uh, running uh, a pretty diverse and uh, wide ranging organization.
1: And so, how has it been going for you at Wayfinders?
2: Uh, not at all like I expected, but it's going well. Um, you know, when you start a job um, where most people are not there and those who are there are, have their face covered and and we have, you know, at that time, we had a couple of hundred employees, 240 employees. Today, we have about 370 employees. Wow. Um, So the organization has grown kind of exponentially in a relatively short period of time to both meet the needs uh, through the pandemic and now coming out of the pandemic and the economic aftershocks that we're all living with. Um, And I've been really just um, um, appreciative of all my colleagues at Wayfinders in terms of uh, their adaptability, uh, their commitment to our mission, uh, and their, their willingness to work through all this change. I often say to them, if, if someone said to you uh, when you first started working that this was going to be like this, you probably would say, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Uh, I don't want to work this way. Um, none of us really um, you know, thought about uh, talking into a box for, for half a day or, mm-hmm. um, or uh, being uh, kind of isolated in certain ways that we've lived through, but we, we've managed through that, and we've come through it as a stronger organization, uh, able to do more for our region.
1: Do you feel like your growth is because of the pandemic? I know a lot of nonprofits have seen a lot of growth because of funding um, and just increased need, as you were speaking to a little bit before.
2: Yes, and I would say it's also because of the growing understanding of the housing needs in our region and across our commonwealth and, in fact, um, much of our country. Um, I think there's a recognition in um, state government and local government, that we need to be investing in more housing solutions. Uh, Wayfinders is uh, positioned to help um, uh, municipalities, states, uh, organizations kind of move those uh, solutions forward. So we're we, um, we've been able to um, to do more um, coming out of the pandemic because there's been more resources available, um, and because there's now this. Um, intense and real and um, inspiring focus on housing. I've worked on housing for the better part of uh, 25 plus years. Uh, And even up to about five or six years ago, we were talking about how do we get housing to become an above the fold issue uh, on par with things like healthcare and education. Well, we got our wish. Um, It's there. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, it's a dinner table conversation. It's a conversation at the bar. It's a conversation at the coffee shop. Um, it's a conversation just about everywhere you go. People, uh, not just the lowest income people, are challenged with the, with the housing choices and options and, and costs that we're, we're all facing. And um, so, so, this is our this is our moment. This is housing's moment um, to um, to both uh, invest uh, and uh, think about how we as people in the affordable housing and community development world uh, can uh, lead the way to new solutions that uh, lead to a more thriving region and thriving commonwealth.
1: And so what are some of those solutions that are bubbling to the top? I mean, are they new? Are they old? Are they being
2: polished? Well, some of it's very simple. Um, One is we should make it a lot easier to do um, and, um, and what I mean by that principally one of the things that we do at Wayfinders is we actually build and, and, and manage and own affordable housing um, and uh, we also are, are building homes for people to buy uh, affordably. That's not easy. Mm. Um, it shouldn't be so difficult. Um, the, one of the reasons it is so difficult is over time um, through political compromise and other things and I'm for political compromise but um we have uh, been left with a, a few scarce resources to develop housing on, from, on the federal level. One of those is the Low Income Housing Tax Credit, which is a, a federal credit that's um, allocated on a per capita basis. it gets very complicated, uh, the more I, if I were to talk about it further. But it's our biggest housing production program um, it also requires, in order to execute on a transaction with it, lots of accountants and attorneys. No offense to them, but there's additional cost there, um, and it's a way of leveraging private capital to come in to invest in affordable housing. So it gets bipartisan support. It's costly to do it that way. We could just provide the subsidy, and um, and it'd be a lot more straightforward, mm-hmm. and we get probably more done in in a more timely way. Um, but we have the credit. Um, it's what we 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 built a lot of housing around, uh, but we're not building enough, uh, and that's one of the big challenges. And one of the things we're trying to solve was build build more in more diverse places to meet more diverse housing needs, so we have better housing opportunity and choice here in Western Mass and across the Commonwealth.
1: And so. In terms of working with the state delegation and working on things that you were just talking about with credits and Mm -hmm. things like that, are you at the table for those meetings or do you have someone in in Wayfinders that's in charge of... Negotiating or suggesting new deals, new ways of thinking, things like that. Uh,
2: so, I work with closely with my team on those things in terms of identifying new opportunities, and we're working in a diverse set of communities. So, today, we, uh, for example, in terms of uh, development work and creating new housing, we have a project uh, nearing completion in Agawam. Uh, we just got two projects uh, awarded: that, uh, one in Holyoke and one in South Hadley, uh, and another one uh, that we will be closing on in uh, in the next month. Or two in, um, in Ludlow. so pretty you know up and down Hampshire and Hampden County there, suburban urban communities, uh, fully affordable, mixed income. so a real diverse set of um, housing that we're building that across those four projects will be 200 new units that we'll create here in our region in the next um, two years.
1: And are you the leader in this conversation? Does anyone else do the exact thing that you're doing um, in service of housing in the community?
2: There are many great uh, housing organizations here in, in the Pioneer Valley. We, we've partnered with with many of them, and we work uh, in complementary ways with organizations like Valley CDC, um, Home City Development, uh, to, to name a couple who are doing uh, innovative and important projects, and, and most importantly, creating more housing supply. Uh, but it's a partnership not only or, or a complementary work with those organizations, but also for-profit uh, developers. We really need more supply overall. I know uh, we are we we mostly do affordable, but we need all types of supply.
1: Great. I'm Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Keith Ferry, who is the president and CEO of Wayfinders. We'll be right back.
0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Keith Ferry, who is the president and CEO of Wayfinders out of Springfield, Massachusetts. And I heard a quote. I saw a quote. um, uh, I found a quote about wayfinding because I wanted to look up what wayfinding actually meant, um, seeing that you are with a company called Wayfinders. And wayfinding is the process or activity of ascertaining one's position and planning and following a route. And so I wanted to, to ask you, you know, what is Wayfinders? What do you do? What is your core? And is that a true sort of statement about what you try to do for people in housing?
2: I think it is. Um, Wayfinders was started in 1972 as the Housing Allowance Project. We were one of 10 demonstration projects uh, across the country that uh, led to the federal Section 8 program, which is the... Uh, Section 8 uh, voucher program that helps people aff- um, uh, um, rent housing on the private market uh, using a federally a federal subsidy, um, and so uh, we at the time people you know were addressing the issues around affordability and people not being able to afford pr- privately uh, owned and managed housing, and um, and we were able to help um, create this important program in the country. Uh, today, we continue to administer those vouchers for the for um, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Uh, we also administer a, a, a state voucher called the Massachusetts Rental Voucher. And uh, we run several other programs for the Commonwealth in Hamden and Hampshire County, uh, including um, Residential Assistance for Families in Transition, which is an emergency rental and um, mortgage assistance and a utility assistance program. Um, and then we also do things uh, to help people uh, uh, maintain or become employed Uh, we provide um, shelter to homeless families Uh, and then we shelter families in in permanent uh, stable housing in the community as well that we uh, develop and manage and then we provide a wide array of program other programs and supports with the The outcome that we're looking for in each case is is, is stability, housing stability, economic stability, and in the best case, economic mobility for our clients and communities that we work with. Uh, We think that's the key. We we think that's what most people want in their lives is is stability. It's, It's also what we all kind of require to succeed, whether that's succeeding in school, whether that's succeeding economically, whether that's succeeding with your health, a stable home is key. Um, and uh and if people can have success in those other uh sectors then th- there's an opportunity for mobility uh for people to, to to move on and move up um and so uh we believe there's a that we can be helpful in helping people find their way to that uh the, the the name change a few years back to wayfinders we were hap housing for for many years um hap housing you know is was a name that people many people recognize uh but we um, we have been Wayfinders for about six or seven years now.
1: Mm-hmm. And HAP housing did HAP stand for something?
2: Uh, it was going back to the housing allowance project name, um, and then it it, it it was different things over time. So there um, um, there was some iterating on the HAP, but um, the tra- the the most recent transition was from HAP housing to um, Wayfinders.
1: And so. I think a lot of people have heard of the Section Eight voucher program, mm-hmm. and you said that began around 1972.
2: The demonstration project for it uh, that we were a part of, and then uh, led and then helped create the program. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, is that working? Is that voucher program working? I know it's still in existence, and I've heard a lot about it. Uh, you know, it's doing true. my nonprofit work. Do you feel like it's a it's a program that's going to continue that needs to be
2: Rehauled? It's a program that needs to be expanded. Um, More people are more challenged affording their housing on the private market. Uh, Today, even with the voucher, families often search for housing and they can't find it. That the voucher can afford. Uh, we've even increased. Um, thankfully, um, the state of Massachusetts has worked to use a, a, a greater deal of flexibility tests to increase the payment standards that would allow the voucher to afford more housing. Uh, and in this very tight housing market, it's hard to find a place to live even with this uh, this rental subsidy. So. Yes, we need the, the, need the program, it actually needs an expansion. Uh, one of the unique things in Massachusetts is that because the federal program has not expanded in the ways that we've needed it to, um, Massachusetts can do attitude around this, created the Massachusetts Rental Voucher Program, which is a comparable program to Section 8, um, but it's funded on the state level. And Wayfinders, uh, working with others who administer these uh, vouchers across the state, uh, and some others who are housing advocates worked with, um, with Tufts uh, about a year ago, um, and looked at what if we were able to meet the need fully of, um, of people who, who are low income, can't afford housing on the private market, what would that cost? Um, and it was around, I don't know, say two and a half, three billion, maybe four, maybe four or five billion dollars. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot. That's a big number. Um, but have you heard of uh, universal pre-K? A lot of people think that's a good thing, right? Get, get, get a universal start in education. That costs about the same thing. Why do we do it? Because you get better outcomes. Why would we want to ha- meet all the need that there is on housing affordability? Because you get better outcomes. You get better outcomes in housing, but you also get better outcomes in health care, in education, in the economy, if people are not... Uh, overtaxed, cost burden with their housing costs. So, uh, um, th- mm-hmm. thankfully, uh, our delegation here in Western Mass, as well as uh, um, uh, the legislature overall, and uh, the current governor and Governor Baker have both, uh, both the current governors, proposed increases to the Massachusetts Rental Voucher Program, uh, and the the uh, former governor also encouraged those. So, the program has been growing in a dollar amount, um, but it is. Um, because housing costs more, it uh, is not serving all the meeting all the need today.
1: And so, does the Massachusetts rental voucher program sit on top of a Section Eight voucher, or are they separate?
2: They're separate. It's it's um, it's uh, a um, a complementary or a parallel program, but just state funded, and we've been able we've been able to expand it. And, um, and right now, it's a, it's a, it's a very important tool for housing stability.
1: And so, some of the things that you're saying make me think about a housing first model. Um, and are you a proponent of that? And if so, can you explain a little bit about what that actually means?
2: Sure. Uh, you know, the the, the um, I'll say a couple things about that. The solution to homelessness is housing. People need housing. Um, and housing first is about providing the housing first without without barriers to that housing. So if someone who is homeless or who has uh, ho- challenges with housing stability has a, um, a substance use uh, disorder problem or other challenges like that, mm-hmm. mental health challenges, it's saying we're gonna house you even if you're not get clean, um, but we need to house you first and then you're gonna be in a better position to um, deal with your, your challenges uh, and overcome them. And so do I think that is a, is a, um, needs to be in the housing toolbox of solutions? Absolutely. Um, we, don't, uh, we don't benefit from keeping people unhoused. And at the end uh, of the day, it's gonna cost us more um, both from a from a just a financial sense, and I think from a just a human cost, it's it's too high not to to have people being homeless. Uh, unfortunately, we do have people being homeless today, individuals and families. And one, that's one of the great things about the state of Massachusetts. We we have been a right to shelter state. I know there's a lot of controversy around that now. The governor has uh, put in a state of emergency due to the, the migrant crisis and the the family shelter system being overwhelmed. Um, but we um, we have done. Um, Important work here in Massachusetts, housing many families and helping providing interim stability uh, to lead at least to long term stability, and that's a worthy investment in my book.
1: And so, is there an incentive for landlords um, or people that own housing to take these vouchers, or is it, is there a disincentive? Because I know that's been a conversation around housing a lot too. Is that, you know. Do they have to take it? Is there any incentive? Is it a negative rather than a positive?
2: A couple things. Um one, it's it um it, you can you can't discriminate against people if they have the voucher. Uh, and um so that is um income g- discrimination is a, is a is a is a problem. Um it happens sometimes. Um that said, um um in terms of the the, the voucher today, uh, the Commonwealth is doing some really important things, recognizing that we need to uh, create uh, we need to create more uh, stable housing for our homeless families and our migrant families. So they have created a whole um, array of programs using vouchers and other supports to to hasten people's exit out of shelters, uh, including providing landlords with incentives. Uh, today, uh, for someone who is uh, exiting a shelter, who's been a long stayer in shelter, someone who's been there for 18 months or more, uh, a family, uh, they um, they can become eligible for, for an uh, emergency assistance exit voucher uh, that's either a federal voucher or a MRVP, emergency rental voucher, and landlords who are interested in that, uh, renting to them, can get a $4,000 incentive. Um, and, um, and they may also get a, a, a one-month rent additional rent paid um, uh, before the person moves in. So um, so that $4,000 can be used to improve the apartment, can be used as to cover any risk if the person uh, doesn't work out. So there are lots of things that the Commonwealth is doing to, to make it more useful.
1: I love that. Thank you so much, Keith. Keith Ferry, President and CEO of Wayfinders. We're speaking today about all things housing in Western Massachusetts. We'll be right back.
0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and my guest today is Keith Ferry, who is the president and CEO of Wayfinders in Springfield, Massachusetts. And beyond, we've been talking about a lot of the housing crisis and what's going into um, the status of uh, unhoused people and all of the different ramifications that are tied to it. Um, Something that I was thinking about before our chat today was the American dream and how we all grow up with this idea that we are supposed to have a house. We are destined to have a house. We all can have a house. And I feel like that is just not true. Like some of us do not have housing. Some of us have never had the opportunity to be a homeowner and maybe never will um, and sort of what that what that reality means and is it a realistic dream anymore? Has it ever been? Um, and how do we sort of change that mentality in addition to helping to house more people?
2: I don't think it's been a realistic dream, to be candid. Um, just my own personal story around that is, you know, um, um. Yeah, this we're on radio, so people may not be able to tell by my voice, but I'm uh, I identify as a, a black man, and um, um, and for many people of color, uh, especially um, people like me, um, housing choices um, by by kind of circumstance and by law were re- often restricted for for people like me and people and my family. So there were. Um, limitations on housing opportunity and that American dream that uh, were, were, were felt uh, generationally all the way to me um, and here I was a person of uh, uh, a, a fair amount of financial skill. I have a, a master's degree in, in uh, public finance and financial management um, and when I went to buy my first home which I actually bought from my father I was like is this going to go through? Is this you know? I had a good job. Just the the the, the doubt. The doubt was there because of the um, the generational issues uh, that I just mentioned. And so many people have those um, uh, because of their own personal stories around housing challenges and housing instability. Uh, and uh, and what's happening now is an increasing number of people are feeling that instability. Um, it's reaching beyond uh, the margins. It's reaching beyond. Um, uh, uh, people who have previously been excluded from that dream uh, to more and more people, and I think that is what is um, um, is causing the the challenges that uh, our governor has been talking about. Our, our kind of people leaving the state and our lack of competitiveness, As, and that's across. The, that's not just here in Massachusetts. I know people uh, sometimes we can get really focused here locally, um, but that's a, a conversation in neighboring states like New York, uh, and Vermont. Uh, and really throughout the the Northeast, uh, where um, housing uh, development has been constrained uh, or um, has not taken place at a pace to meet the needs and the evolving uh, changing in our demographic situation. and, And housing costs have gone up, and housing supply has been... Uh, fairly stagnant and we have very low vacancy rates all that causing housing prices to rise Um, and so that that dream I think is if you had it it, it's for many people more people it's evaporated if you didn't have it it's affirming of the sort of a a history you hope wouldn't be true Um, and um and I think we need to um think about what is what is reality going forward and I think reality is about creating um the different types of housing choice and opp- people- and opportunity that people want today. not everybody wants to be a homeowner, not everybody should be a homeowner, but everybody needs a home and so uh at the end of the day, I think that's um that's the the what I would build the basis of a new uh kind of American expectation if you will on housing. Uh, that we're all learning from this moment of, um, of crisis and challenge around housing.
1: Thank you so much for sharing your own personal story and putting it so eloquently. Um, I often think about um, what you just said and needing to reimagine the American dream and sort of have a, a larger reckoning around the realization and the conversation um, about housing and about you know who wants what and who can have what and how can we find people enough, right? Like to to be safe and to be secure and to have a foundation of um, safety and security in order to deal with the things that you need to deal with, either taking care of your family or your health or, you know, solving problems that have been generational for your family. Um, And you're right. Like, you know, a lot of people don't have generational wealth. A lot of people do have racial bias. A lot of people have experienced redlining and districting and things like that. And so um, it's a lot to unpack. And I think that um, we need to start doing that. And having more of a of a conversation around that, um, and I think that um, not only is there a lack of affordability and a lack of stock, um, but people are really um, having to make choices uh, geographically and demographically around you know where are we going to go, who are we going to go with, and you know we talked about this. Um, not on air, and I know Joan always says a lot of the magic happens off the air, but um, I want to bring it back, and I really want to talk about people that move to make better choices. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and sure. sort of what you're seeing yeah. and what the ramifications are of that here yeah. on a state level, delegation level?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's part of the American story, right? People moving, um, in part, to 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 create uh, find better opportunity for their families, right, uh, and for uh, their communities. And so, what we have seen, uh, you know, one of the things our, our governor ran on was uh, the decline in population in Massachusetts that the 2020 census showed 47,000 people left the state. Um, and the governor has described that as people um, kind of. Uh, um, saying that they could no longer afford to be here. We were too uh, expensive. The the economic choices and opportunity wasn't there from The housing choices weren't there from them. And that's why she's made housing one of her top priorities um, and is really leaning in in ways that I don't think we've ever seen a governor lean in in terms of uh, putting out bold proposals. Uh, Today the governor has. Um, you know, working its way through the legislature, the Affordable Homes Act, which is a, a $4.1 billion uh, uh, bill to authorize investments in a wide range of housing uh, development, uh, and, and also includes 28 uh, policy proposals. Uh, this, uh, this bill was required, it's, a, it's something called, it's a otherwise known as a housing bond bill. We do it every five years in Massachusetts to fund the, our programs for development. The last bill was 1.8 billion dollars that Governor Baker signed in 2018, uh, and that at that time that was the biggest bond bill ever. So the Governor Healy is going big with 4.1 billion because this is the moment to make change, um, to to solve this problem or at least try to turn the trajectory of where we are from a growing problem to uh, a problem that we're trying to get our arms around and make real headway around. So I feel like. Um, in order, in order to stop people from moving away so that they can see what the housing choices might be so that organizations like ours and others that develop housing can have the, the, the financing and the resources to create the housing that we need for our communities for the future. I think a lot of communities think about, um, and I know when we go into uh, different towns across the region to develop, um, Sometimes people are uh, opposed because they want to keep it the way it was, or they want they have some um, vision of uh, of it um, not ever changing. All of our communities have always been changing, right? They they change when newcomers came. People change their homes all the time. Um, and, uh, and sometimes people build new homes and subdivide things and all those things. That's, that's a natural part of, and they do it to meet needs and demand. And we need to do that now to be viable, uh, to be thriving, uh, to create the housing choice so people don't leave. Uh, the people that choose, Massachusetts, because people with agency will leave. Uh, people who are not tethered will leave, and they have been leaving. Uh, but I think we have an opportunity, and why I do this work and why I'm still in this work is because I believe we can make a difference. We can solve these problems. The solutions are not some magical alchemy. Um, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, we just have to... Um, um, invest, invest over uh, a number of years um, to address the disinvestment or the lack of investment that we've had for decades.
1: Thank you for that, and for people who want to find out a little bit more about Wayfinders, their website is wayfinders.org for people who are listening in that wanna look it up. And I like what you just touched on um, about a community's character and how community communities do change. They always change, right? And and they're constantly evolving. And I think that if we don't continue to push the change and keep this conversation going, then I think you know we will get even more stuck than we already have been um, in the past. And I love the other um, point you made earlier about about making housing an above-the-fold issue, which I think um, Governor Healy is doing. And I've been really impressed. Um, I know that I have an externally facing role in the community, but I have seen her here more than all of the other governors that have ever existed in in my past adult life of the past 30 years or 25 years. It's incredible. So I think Western Mass is a priority um, for this administration, and I am really enjoying seeing um, real change um, starting to happen and be made um, in part partially because of community members like yourself. Um, I'm Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show, and I'm here today speaking with Keith Ferry, who is the president and CEO of Wayfinders out of Springfield, Massachusetts. Wayfinders.org. We'll be right back.
0: The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.
1: Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Keith Ferry, who is the president and CEO of Wayfinders out of Springfield, Massachusetts. Their website is wayfinders.org. And before we kick it off for our very last segment, Keith, I just want to give a quick shout out to Mark Latanzie, um, who used to be Woo-hoo. yeah, Joe <laughs> wants to too, who used to be at this station um, for many years, and we miss him very much. Who is now um, the director of marketing and communications at Wayfinders. Woo-hoo. So thank you so much, Mark. We miss you. And also to um, John Bidwell, who's my neighbor in Florence, who I have a lot of um, good things to say about. And uh, you also have him as well. So congratulations on those two. Those two near and dear beloved members. darn Uh, you for taking Mark away from us. Oh, all right. Well, he's in the right place. Jones been being nice to Keith, so don't worry about it. Um, but, anyways, Keith, we've been having an amazing conversation with you today, and a lot of, you know, what other people are doing around housing, you and some state officials and everything. What can people do? What can I do? What can just lay persons do out in the community to move the needle on this conversation?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it really, it's really important for us all to think about that. There, is, there are things that the federal government can do, the, the governor is doing or trying to do, the legislature, and so on. So one thing that we can do is, is make our voices heard um, at those levels, but also locally. Um, and what I ask people to do is show up for housing. Show up for housing in a way that is about how uh, can we create the housing that our community needs, not only for today, but for the future. Our communities are evolving our population is evolving. We have people wonderfully living longer, uh, healthier lives, staying in their homes, uh, but that creates a housing challenge, um, both that people don't have options to move to, uh, that they can afford when um, to, to downsize, if you will. But even if they don't want to downsize, then that's not creating um, an opening if you will for someone who's trying to start a family or trying to move into the community uh, and we need all of those things to happen in order to be to have thriving communities uh, we need our population to have a diverse set of skills talents and abilities and we, in order to attract that we need to create more housing choice so Communities can do lots of things. There's, um, uh, the, uh, I'll call out one community that we're working in right now, South Hadley. Um, South Hadley just put together a housing production plan uh, where they're talking about the need to create 300 plus units of, 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 of housing that's affordable, to, that meets people's needs in South Hadley and the surrounding uh, region. Um, so that's the community saying, yes, we have a housing challenge, let's quantify what it is, let's put a goal out there, uh, and that got a, approved by the town. That wasn't just a strident planner in town, but that was a big discussion, a big, big set of work there. South Hadley has also created a, um, a a special zoning district. where, in the center of town. We're we're actually developing uh, 60 units of um, of, of housing that is going to include um, housing for people of very low incomes, of uh, moderate incomes, and in market rate housing together in one community. Um, and that's right in the center of town. It's called a 40R district, and that that's something that the state enables, uh, and that the town can choose as a designation and identify a place that's in a town center uh, where you want to scale that up. You want to scale up the density there to meet the need um, because you have the infrastructure to do so. Uh, And in in return, the state provides you with some incentives for creating those units uh, and supports. So uh, there are different choices like that that towns can make, uh, but it's kind of sitting on our hands is not a good choice right now sitting on our hands can lead us to a situation of continuing population decline. And in Western Massachusetts, that's a real thing for a lot of communities, whether they be suburban, urban, or rural communities. Um, We need to not only kind of um, uh, add more units, we need to kind of grow, we need to stabilize our population. Uh, We need that so that um, um, we have people to work in in, in our communities. Right? Um, and that they can find an affordable place to live. Uh, we need that so that um, we have enough population that it makes economic sense for things like a hospital to have a maternity ward. We need that um, so that uh, we can maintain the level of representation we have in the state house or the representation that we have in Congress. Those are real things that have already changed, right? Um, and, and something we have not, we don't have the same number of representatives we once had. Um, and so, uh, if, when you start to lose those things, um, then you start to lose your, your ability to thrive as a region. Um, so I think we, we're, we're at an important point of needing to invest, And so communities can also think about how are they using their local resources. Some communities have um, community action uh, um, money that they can put into housing. uh, some some have created municipal housing trusts, like uh, like uh, Amherst. Uh, others, uh, like here in Northampton, have uh, you know acquired uh, a land or disposed of uh, publicly owned land and to create affordable housing and more more housing options and all those things local communities can do. And you should be asking your local leaders if you're not one yourself. Uh, what are they doing to create the housing choice and opportunity? What are you doing to create the future that we all need and want to create thriving and equitable communities? Uh, there are choices to be made. It's not just reacting to a developer when they come to you, but creating the environment that attracts the right kind of uh, development to meet the needs of the community today and into the future. Um, so there, there, is, uh, there is agency that our towns have. They need to be taking it. Um, and they need to be taking it in support of of the future of our, our region.
1: And I think you've answered it a little bit, but, you know, we hear a lot about NIMBY um, versus YIMBY. And, um, you know, how can individuals retool the way that they think about uh, lower income housing or mixed use housing or I mean you know like that's that's a thing like people a lot of people oh, are yeah. out there like no you can't do that here because of X Y and Z I mean you just gave us some great reasons but I'm sure you encounter this all the time
2: we we do um, and I think it comes from a lack of understanding and a lack of experience and fear um, that people have for for different reasons um, uh, some of it's fear. Uh, And it goes worse than that. Some of it's around, uh, you know, racism and other things like that. Um, But um, what people who are are open-minded can do is get informed. Uh, Look at what we're building today. Um, Well, when uh, there's no boogeyman in affordable housing, we're talking about making, you know, tens of millions of dollars in investment making, uh, energy efficient, uh, high quality housing. This is not, um, we're not building slums. We're building housing that we all would feel comfortable and be proud to live in. These are investments in our community. This is actually growing the tax base in your community. And so, um, that's what we're talking about. Um, not, um, all the kind of the boogeyman stuff that comes up with the not in my backyard stuff, uh, that um, yes, change can be difficult for some people, um, but what we really need is to be investing in ourselves and these affordable housing developments that we do are investments in communities. Sometimes the biggest investments those communities have seen for for decades um, and it's high quality uh, it's housing that you know as soon as we start building people are asking when, when, are, when is when are the units going to be available when can, when can I get an application? I mean people from all walks of life um, because they' their people are so um, needing and thirsting and requiring more housing options and more housing choice and more affordability.
1: And, and it is it's an investment in humanity and you know I walked into um, a Valley CDC project in Amherst recently and the the building was amazing the apartments were amazing I mean I was like how can I move in here how can I get an apartment here away from my husband and my kids this would be so nice to live in okay. well, what um, wonderful place yes is beautiful absolutely mm-hmm. um, so it is it's a it's a testament to, to really t- taking care of each other and taking care of communities and, um, just changing, changing the path of many people that, that need an, a, more of an opportunity, um, so thank you for doing this work. I really appreciate you, Keith. Um, and if people want to find out more about what Wayfinders is doing and other projects that you have in the community, go to wayfinders.org. I'm Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. And I would also like to say thank you so much to Business West. Um, I'm really looking forward to having Joe Bednar, um, the editor-in-chief, on the show in a couple weeks. I finally connected with him. Um, and they provide so much great education up and down um, our 91 91- corridor about what's going on in the business community and nonprofit community um, they have some really great events coming up 40 under 40 um, I know I'll be there at the log cabin this year and also the Greenfield Savings Bank who's my employer thank you so much for um, all the work that you do throughout Franklin and Hampshire County this is Tara Brewster you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show Keith Ferry Wayfinders thank you so much for joining me today
0: the Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster WHMP